Good day, brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition of Centurion Faith, the podcast that helps the believer in Jesus Christ to seek the kind of faith that makes him marvel. I tell you, I got a great message for you today. Um, I woke up early this morning, and God's really just got me fired up big time. Um, The message that I have for you today is entitled, The Authority of the Believer. The Authority of the Believer. And I think we're we're at a time today. We're at a at a uh, crossroads here, not only in this country but in the world. This is something that's worldwide, which makes it so profound. What's gone on for the last three years in this nation, uh, with the onset of COVID three years ago and the unleashing of evil on this earth, uh, it's just been unprecedented to see. Um, how much evil was beneath the surface and in the hearts of men (laughs) and to see it it manifest itself in in this uh, world that we live in today through the woke culture and just through the hardening of hearts and just through everything that the Bible says. If If you're listening to this podcast, you're no doubt a student of the word, so you know what I'm talking about. And all the scripture prophesies about this in 1 Timothy and 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Timothy, 1 Peter, 2 Peter, Revelation, um, Daniel, especially the 30, I think the, well, all of Daniel really. Um, But uh, just scripture after scripture prophesy, um, prophesies of of the uh, days that we're in today. Um, Isaiah, somebody sent me this morning, a friend of mine, Isaiah 520, woe to the nation that calls evil good and good evil and that's the whole world right now people are everything is upside down but god is not upside down he's right side up so those of us who live in the kingdom that are of the remnant um of the the people that are consecrated to god that have given their lives to god god always has a remnant and today in the body of christ i believe that remnant's about 10 percent. god always works with a small percentage of of, of believers and um, I saw a study the other day that said that a uh, Barna study that said that uh, only 9% of quote-unquote uh, Christians uh, read the Bible on a daily basis. They, they're students of the Word. So, so 9%, I think that's maybe being generous, but within that 9% is certainly the remnant. And uh, those are people that are really seeking God through His Word and His Spirit both. Um, I think God's just tired of people that are half-hearted, especially in the body of Christ. Um, The church is supposed to be defending against what's going on, and we're supposed to have the enemy underneath our feet. So I'm speaking today to the remnant of believers. That's who this podcast is really modeled for. I have no place for for lukewarm Christianity, for people that are picking around the edges and uh, have one foot in the world and one foot in the Word. So I, I... applaud you for listening to this and I think I've got a message that's going to fire you up today. It's entitled the the authority of the believer as I said and I'm just going to start out. I'm kind of going to go off the cuff today and just hope that the Holy Spirit is already ministering to you because if this isn't from him, if this isn't uh, his spirit and his word speaking to us, then I don't really want it. I tear it up and throw it out. I'll delete it. Um, but I know it is. He's given me this. He's fired me up. I'm just tired of it. I'm, I'm at a tipping point in a good way, and I hope you are too. 
So, you know, Jesus uh, in the last, very last verses of Matthew, right? The first book uh, in the New Testament, beautiful, um, uh, you know, picturesque look at the life of Jesus Christ and uh, all the way from his birth to, to, to his resurrection. And this is in the last, very last of the last verses um, in 28, uh, 18, it actually, let me start in 17. It says, when they saw Jesus, this is after he came back from the dead and he was appearing to everybody. And um, before he goes up and is transfigured and goes up into heaven, it says that in verse 17, it says that some saw him, or I'm sorry, and when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted, but some doubted. So even people that had seen the resurrected Lord some, some worshiped him and believed and some doubted. Same thing today. But here's what Jesus says, and this is what I want to get into. I want to focus on the, the upside of, of following Jesus. Jesus uh, came to them and spoke to them saying, all power is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Amen. Jesus tells us that we he, all power, and in the NIV translation says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And when I look at both of these and kind of break them down uh, with the Blue Letter Bible, power is is authority, and authority is power. Those are both two good, very very good translations of the original Greek. And uh, the Lord showed me today uh, through a little message a friend uh, sent me, kind of confirmed something in me this morning. My friend Jeff sent me a little text about authority and about power, and. Uh, God gave me a little acronym, AMP, like, you know, how many amps are in something, electricity, AMP, A-M-P, and it's, and the Lord really spoke this to me, authority means power, authority means power, so when he says all authority, whichever translation you like, or all power, they really mean the same thing when you look at the, the breakdown of the definition here, so he's saying all authority or all power in heaven and earth is given to me, therefore go. When God gives us a command to go, remember this podcast is based on the story of the centurion who recognized that he was a man under authority. He told Jesus that. He said, Lord, if you just speak one word, he said in in Luke 7, 7, he says, speak a word, a single word, and it'll be done. My servant will be healed. That's how much authority he knew Jesus had. That's how much power he had that he could just give a little two-letter word like go. And anyway, the centurion said, I am a man under authority, meaning under power. And if I say to one man, go, he goes. I say to another man, come, and he comes. I say to another man, do, and he does. And it says Jesus marveled at this man's faith, marveled. He knew that the fewer the words, the greater the power. And really, the fewer the words and the shorter the words spoken in faith, the greater belief a believer has. We, we go on and on in our prayers sometimes. And I think it's like, are we trying to convince God in this prayer or, or convince ourselves that we believe? We just need to believe and just listen to God as he speaks today. Very simple commands to go. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all the nations, right? Baptizing them 
And baptizing doesn't just mean water baptism. That's great. I love um, being able to baptize people in water that are coming to the faith that are new. But the real baptism or the second half of that is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you come up out of the water, you receive the Holy Spirit. Once you put your faith in Christ, Ephesians 1.13 says that you're sealed with the Holy Spirit and with power. And what God was showing me today is that, uh, this morning, is that um, we just don't believe we have the authority, plain and simple. The Bible says over and over again, when you pray, believe that you have the petitions. Jesus himself in the red letters in Mark eleven twenty three and 24 says, if you had faith like a mustard seed, you'd say to this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea, and it would obey you. And he says, therefore, where... You know, when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have it. Believe that you have the authority and the authority is given to you in the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus also comes with the power of Jesus. And it's all based on what he did for us. The authority and the power is based on what he did for us. And this scripture I'm gonna share with you now is gonna show you if we, if we look at what Jesus did for us, this is, I call it a power sandwich here because it's three verses, and it's in Hebrews 10. I'm going to start in 12. Listen to this. Pay attention. Wake up. Put down what you're doing. Put down your worldly thing you're doing right now and just listen. Um, it says, but when this man, this is in Hebrews 10, 12, it says, when this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for all time, for all sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. So his work is done. And then it says in 13, and, and now he expects, one translation says, expecting his enemies to become his footstool. The NIV says, since that time, he waits, he's seated, he's waited, he's got his feet up on the earth. And it said he's waiting for his enemies to become his footstool. Then it says in 14, for by one offering, he has, past tense, perfected forever those that are sanctified or those that are, are made holy. God already sees us as perfect in Christ, in our spiritual union with Christ. He's under no delusion. He's under no confusion about the power and authority that we possess in us. It's, it's us that he's waiting on. He's waiting on us to believe this, to believe that Christ is finished with his work. He's seated because his work is done. Now when we go in his name, we go in his authority and his power. Authority means power. So amp yourself up today in the Holy Spirit's power. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Lo, I'm with you always to the end of the world. He says, last words he says before he goes up in Matthew. In other words, you have his power and authority. He's not gonna leave you because you're messed up. Otherwise he would leave everybody. He knew you were jacked up when he called you. Matter of fact, the more messed up you are, the more you should be praising God because the bigger slate he's cleared from you, your, your record in heaven is expunged. And if you had a long rap sheet, then you should love him all the more. Wake up to this, man. Get the smell and salts of the Holy Spirit and wake up. I'm just a spirit of slap is coming over me to wake the church up today. I'm fired up myself and I'm here to fire you up. Look at the story in 1 Kings 18. The story of, of uh, this is what the, where we are today, and I'm gonna close with this. People have to pick a side. God is calling us, pick a side. Choose this day who, you, who you'll serve, right? Are you gonna serve the devil or are you gonna serve God? 
Are you gonna serve good? Are you gonna serve God? Are you gonna serve evil? Those are the two choices. Everything now is funneling down to those two choices. As time progresses, everything is narrowing and funneling down to two choices, good or evil. Choose this day. Look at the story in 1 Kings 18. Um, it starts in, in about uh, verse 20 where, where uh, Elijah challenges all the prophets of Baal. Some people say Baal. I don't know if it's Baal or Baal. It's the devil. So he's challenging 450 prophets and he says, bring them all to Mount Carmel and let's see whose God is real. And he's basically just, just calling out um, all the prophets, right? And, and um, he's saying to them, let's, let's find out. I'm looking this up in 1 Kings. And, and uh, they all meet on Mount Carmel. And it's like a showdown. And this is what, where we're at today. I'm telling you, this is not just hyperbole or a story, uh, a happy you know, bedtime story for you. This is God speaking. And this is something that really happened. So we get, gathered together all the prophets on, the Mount, on Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to the, the people and he said, how long are you going to waffle or waver between two opinions? Right? Double-minded people. That's what we have today. If, if God be God, then follow him. If Baal be God, then follow him. Like, who is God to you? And the people didn't answer a word. In other words, they didn't say anything. So he goes on to just... Um, challenge them. They both uh, perf- um, offer a sacrifice to God on the altar, both both Elijah and, and the prophets of Baal. And Elijah digs a pit around his sacrifice and says, fill it up with water, pour water all over my sacrifice. It's, all, it's a cattle that's cut up in pieces. And he makes it even more harder, impossible for God to, to, to burn up his sacrifice because he's wet it down. He's built a moat around it, right? And then he lets these, the, these prophets of Baal call on their God and they start praising God and calling out to him, shouting, sounded probably like a, uh, like a transgender rally with all the screeching you hear and all the evil voices and stuff. And it says these people, when they couldn't get God to respond, their false God, Baal, they started cutting themselves, which is amazing with all the cutting that goes on today with young people. But they started slicing and cutting themselves. And then Elijah just started mocking them. He's like, where's your God, man? Maybe he's sleeping. Maybe he's uh, resting. Uh, maybe he's going out for lunch, you know? He just starts mocking their God. And that's what we need to do today. And then he calls down the sacrifice. Uh, he, he calls down the fire of God on his sacrifice. Once these evil bastards, excuse my French, but that is a word. It's not a curse word. They are fatherless bastards and the only father they have is, a, is the devil is their father. And uh, anyway, once they're done and they wear themselves out, um, he call, Elijah calls down fire on his sacrifice and God burns it up, man, like nothing. And boom, one shot, he comes down with fire from heaven. So I challenge you today as I close to say, whose side are you on? And I'm talking to the believer too. Because we can't be dancing around with the devil anymore. Some of you out there still have the devil sitting in your lap and you're playing around with them, playing footsie with them while you're, while you're serving God. Today is the day to choose which side you're on and to call people over in these last days to serve God. We, we are admonished in, in, as just a minimal act of service. In Romans 12, right at the beginning of Romans 12, it says, brothers, I beseech you. In other words, I beg you to offer your body as a living sacrifice. 
to God, holy and pleasing to God. This is your reasonable or minimal act of service. The least we can do, God offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross through Jesus Christ. The least we can do is offer our body as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is our reasonable act of service and this is how we work out the perfect pleasing will of God. So when we offer our body today as a living sacrifice to God, the world waits to see where will the fire fall? Will it fall on your sacrifice? Will the power fall on you? It already has. When you go out today, know that you're going. Look at Matthew 28, 18 again. Jesus has given you all power. He's given you all authority in his name. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with him. He's not looking for silver vessels. He's looking for surrendered vessels. And when you go and you take one step, his power will back you up. His power, his authority will back you up through the Holy Spirit. Know this today as you go and believe this word and walk in it.